Captain's Log 371. Something a little bit strange happened today. The podcast got reviewed by a page by the name of Crusher Jones. When I went to the page, the profile picture wasn't quite what I was expecting, but you know, I had to check my bias and my stereotypes at the door. This page showed me an anime fan and a part of any Twitter that is different from what our demographic and what our fans have been like so far. So it's actually refreshing and I appreciate the fact that the pod is getting into new lanes and different types of people are finding us. Even more exciting for me is that Crusher actually hit it on the head and said that it's like hanging out with your family and you guys are like having a drunk conversation and that's exactly how I want things to feel for the pod. So I feel like we're kind of moving in a, in a good direction here with Worst Jam Pod. We'll see how things look in the future. And one day, I gotta have Crusher Jones on the pod so we can chop it up. What's up, Supernovas, and welcome back to the Worst Generation Podcast, the exploratory anime and manga podcast. I'm your host, GB, coming to y'all recorded, not live this week. I'm only live on Anime After Dark at this moment, but we coming to y'all recorded. It's a brand new episode. We got a guest on this one, and for the first time in a minute, I got a full fucking crew on this episode, so you know we finna get lit. Uh, With that being said, let me get into it. Let me introduce the crew. Off back... I have the first mate of the pod, Mr. Twitter Fingers, the conductor and main villain of Run My Fade, One Piece Leak. Yo, yo, it's One Piece Leak, a.k.a. Mr. Twitter Fingers, a.k.a. Mr. Run My Fade, a.k.a. Leako! Leako! Back with another episode. Shout out to Sensei Le Glove, though. Yeah, man. What up, brother? Big shout out to Sensei Le Glove, man. He always doing his thing over there on YouTube. He be killing it with the gloves off segments. Uh, he's actually doing video game segments now. At the time his recording drops, he already did until dawn. And since this is the past, but now we in the future, I'm praying to God we made his life a living hell on that stream. <laughs> on everything I love, I hope we made his life hell on that stream. Right, good luck. Good luck. No, good bro. Luck. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Sensei LeGlove. Yo, man, what's cracking, man? It's your boy, Sensei Lee Glove, the ball head, black anime nerd, the ball barbarian, the ball bitchmacker, the ball blastoise, the ball ballroom dancer, the ball all my guap, baby beans pusher, King Glove, <laughs> Mr. Gloves off, first of his name, long may he fucking reign in this bitch. What's cracking, man? What's cracking, G? I can't wait till we get the match of all my guaps for Dallas. Oh, I can't uh, fucking G. wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. The twin guaps? Oh Twin yeah, guaps, bro. We got to do it. Oh yeah, Lee, you damn near got to get the guap, the uh, the guap triplet. Oh, then we could put like an A on one, an M on one, and a G on one. Oh shit! <laughs> out there looking Can I just ask you, what is the guap? What is this? You speaking <laughs> <of>? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, 
the Mercedes AMG. Yeah, the Mercedes oh. AMG. I came, I, I coined that term all my guap because one, I don't know what the fuck AMG stands for. <laughs> but uh, I had when I came out to Arizona for uh, my birthday, our birthday, um, I had rented one, and we was just mm. talking shit. It was a nice ass whip, and I'm like, you see me in the, uh, and then I just, man, you know me being stupid and funny. Yeah, and the, all my guap. My cousin actually has an AMG, and but he actually put a Ferrari engine inside of it. This man has a thing souped up to bro, the what the fuck is up with y'all and switching <laughs> engines and cars? Yeah, bro, like, what is that? Is this <laughs> yo, I don't know. Yo, no, he does this on a regular basis. He just has a whole bunch of cars lined up. He just works on them. He fixes them up in the, you know, swap out why the, the engine. Why the, so, fuck, yeah. why the fuck put a Ferrari in the AMG, G? Bro, you put a, a Maxima <laughs> engine in an Altima. You put bro, a Ferrari engine know. in an AMG? Hold on, let me let me get through the intro so everybody can join on the combo and then we can go back to why the fuck you put a Ferrari in the AMG. Facts, because uh, this is good. This is good. Uh, this uh, is good lost this good lost files <laughs> content. So, for sure. so since you since you already talking, uh, you know, Mr. Worst Generation Hotline, the purveyor of human resources at Worst Generation Podcast, my boy, the funniest nigga on the pod, Master D. Yo, what's going on, Supernovas? I'm back with a proper introduction this week. It's the master, aka Master D, aka Pandemic D, aka Mr. I painted her walls and Plan B didn't work, but there's always a Plan D, aka Drax the Destroyer, aka Nigga Rome with the Dense Bones, aka Garoro the Forgotten One, <coughs> aka. Hello, West Mission Hotline. This is Master D speaking. Welcome to another episode of West Mission Podcast, brought to you by the West Mission Podcast and Patreon. That was nice. That was very clean, wrong. Good shit. That was clean. I'm was actually proud clean, of you because you you blew the last intro you did. I and didn't you know did that's, me. that's yeah, why I had to come back. <laughs> I was, you know, I felt so bad. We and was, it was, was purposeful. Only two, man. I felt so terrible. You thought I was, it was purposeful now? You Eisen? You, you planned all this? <laughs> I'm on it now, yo. I'm on it. Have you gotten to that point? Continue, G, because I I definitely want to slander this nigga. Seven engines in different cars. Go ahead. Um, And last but not least, not to be outdone and definitely not to be put into a box or any one lane, we have a guest today who does a little bit of everything. And uh, whether this motherfucker is exploring geography, architecture, anime, manga, nerd shit, which is the reason why they're here today. Uh, they definitely gonna speak on it. Definitely gonna give you a concise YouTube video that's gonna be lit, and uh, yeah, sprinkle a little bit of life advice on that shit. And you have our guest, Supernovas, for the first time ever. I give you Crusher Jones. Hey, hey, hey! Thank you so very much for having me. My name is Crusher Jones, aka Kenneth Burke, aka Communication Action, aka Dallas, aka Guy Debord, aka. Michel Foucault, a.k.a. Relationship with its resources, a.k.a. The Discursive <laughs> Turn, a.k.a. Fragments of Whole Text, a.k.a. <laughs> Richard Fung, a.k.a. <laughs> Richard Fung? Ronald Walter Green, a.k.a. Josh said. Gunn, a.k.a. Jorgen Habermas. Habermas. <laughs> a.k.a. European Critical Theorist, a.k.a. First Division Memorial, Washington, D.C. Funny as hell. AKA, AKA Dallas. Are you from Dallas? No, I'm from Houston originally, but I had spent some time in Dallas. So that was literally me referencing a lot of stuff out of a textbook I'm working on right now. 
Le- Leak is from the Dallas area. I thought he was going to challenge you for. Uh, I'm sorry, for Dallas for, for Dallas superiority. 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 What what uh, disappointing me as far as Texas goes? Uh, wow. Thank you. Someone else gets right. it. We're not about to start this tonight. Oh, we can't. Uh, look like it down. already started. Not not on this pod. Not on this pod. <laughs> We're not here to slander agenda, Dallas. Agenda. 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 Uh, so, Crusher, since you do speak on a lot of topics, do you know anything about AMGs and why anybody would put a Ferrari engine inside of an AMG? Yeah, we need you got me that. running to Google on this one because I'm just sitting around still in love with the Mitsubishi <laughs> Delica. Funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, Master D, tell us, why why is your cousin putting Ferrari engines inside of AMGs? All right, so getaway car goes... Probably, no, actually, he just likes to race cars. Because as far as I know, he's actually my cousin on my stepmom's side of the family. So since I've known him, this guy's so always been cousin. like step cousin, cousin, whatever you want to call it. He's still a cousin. You know, we all cousins. Step nigga. But, um, Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So since I've known him, he was always, he, first he had like a sob and he had like a really souped up sob. Like, I mean, this car was going like zero to like 90 miles an hour, like three seconds. And then he had like an Audi that he had put like, I think, um, I don't know what engine put in the Audi, but he put like a engine that like, like barely even fit. Like literally to the brim, it was just stuffed in there. I don't even know how he got it in there. And now he has the AMG with a fucking Ferrari engine inside of it. And it's so funny because he can't even drive it that often because the pistons are so expensive just to replace one that if he even drives it anywhere far and anything breaks like millions of dollars to repair it. But for him, that's just, that's just like, you know, toy car that's what he worked on that's what he enjoys because he loves to work on cars all the time so he just put it in there just to drive and say like oh i have it but he can't really drive it that much because it's not his regular car he only comes out like you know special events but so, it's just so beautiful though. my question wrong mm-hmm. my question wrong don't they have like uh don't they have like regulations against certain gear being in certain cars like isn't like the engine in a ferrari just super out of regulation for that i mean like for amg <laughs> You know, I'm not I got, familiar on I would that. imagine I so. Even know. I, I mean, I understand that he's so. like, um, I understand hmm. that he's a greasehead, and you like are like a descendant of a greasehead because you also switched engines with cars. Yeah, yeah. Maxima and Altima. Gee, was that just like you and your ghetto mode, or like what was that? Um, nah, my car actually came like that. His car, he actually did work on it himself. Where the um, fuck do so. you buy a car that comes with a different engine? Was it a Carfax, bro? Right, bro. Like, nah. oh, yeah, just so you know, this car does not have the engine that it was supposed to come with. Yo, I Googled it. You know, I bought it. I can't, where did I even buy that Maxima from? I can't even remember. No, no, I do remember. I bought it from one of my dad's friend who owned the actual car lot. And it's funny that now he actually got got another line. It's actually a lot more popular, a lot more famous and popular. But I remember, I remember I bought that car in that small ass lot. I looked at him like, oh. This picture Crusher Jones just popped up. No, this picture Crusher Jones posted it. (laughs) Funny as hell. That that is the Mitsubishi Delica. That's what you have? (laughs) No. No, I'm get. I no, I completely want one of these. You you know, that. like weird white dudes that read books for a living will like go off in the woods for weeks at a time. That's what I'm looking to do in my 40s. So I'm getting in front of the curve you, now. You already planning that, for your midlife crisis? Good shit. That's crazy. I'm already at this my is- midlife crisis. Oh, are you oh, wow. sorry, bro? You don't sound like you're 40 something. Yeah, you don't sound like you're 40 something at all. You don't sound like you even having a crisis. You sound very in control of things. 
No, nah, well, I I appreciate that. I'm 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 approaching the whole thing, but I just want to. So, I need to like. So, I need to escape. <laughs> so question. I have a question. I feel guys. you, bro. Get the shit off. But because I'm watching, I'm looking at this, and it looks like it's a minivan with a cross of like a sports utility vehicle. Is this what yeah, you're trying to what go I was for? It's very, it's very yeah. off road capable. Yeah, that's yeah. a four by four Japanese. Bro, what the wow. fuck is this four car? <laughs> And you know it's crazy because uh, you know it's funny because Bro. I actually see one. I don't know if it's a similar car, but it's a car I see at work every night when I go into when I go into um. It's just car. If, it's, if I see it tonight, I'm taking a picture of it. But it looks something similar to it. it's got a whole like freaking ladder on the back of it, a whole tire in the back. I'm like, what kind of car do you need to drive to the city for? Like, where are you going with this car? That's the one. Well, that's, that's, that's the one. <laughs> Yeah. Bro, not not with the snorkel on this bitch. <laughs> not with no. the snorkel on it. <laughs> why, why do I why why do I always have to stand up for the snorkel? Like I don't know what the snorkel's there for either, but the snorkel, so like when you're yeah. when you're off-roading, the snorkel uh diverts air from your engine yeah. at a higher point so that you can drive through uh you know wetlands and, and higher higher raised water. And so this is this is really an off road. This is really an off road vehicle, because without without the first one that you posted, Crusher, I'm just thinking, you know, some <laughs> random Master D person in New York right. was just like, let me wait, let wait, me wait, cross wait. a jeep, <laughs> let me cross a jeep with a Toyota or uh, a fucking mini a Sienna, <laughs> a Sienna. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one lets me know that this is a whole thing. Like this is a culture. It's got the roof rack. It's got the snorkel, the tires. Is it lifted? Yeah, oh, they do. There's wow. a lot of these have lifts in them, but no, no, seriously. Like I, I study like urban and rural, and I love taking trips. I love like camping. I love getting out there, and like cars are getting expensive, so I'm just like, I'm gonna rock up one of these. That's like the hippie vehicle, like one on one. Like that's like yeah, definitely. The vehicle no, no the, the, the Volkswagen's the hippie vehicle one on one. I have a Volkswagen. Can please not slam the Volkswagen? <laughs> Thank you very much. I have a Tiguan. Okay. The, the, whole, the Volkswagen, the Volkswagen is the hippie vehicle 101. In 2021, the new hippie vehicle is the Mercedes Sprinter. Mm-hmm. The Sprinter, yeah, that's a yeah, yeah. But niggas ain't really <laughs> buying a Sprinter. Niggas ain't really buying. No they renting that shit. <laughs> well, I, I I want a Sprinter, and I'm definitely gonna van life it out and just hit the road for a little bit and live out the Sprinter for a little that's bit. That's what I'm saying. Why don't you just want to get that's all I'm saying. Yeah, why don't you just get an RV, bro? Yeah, I don't it, want a big ass RV. Too much attention. I, I, I don't. Yeah, too, too much. Attention. Too much. It, but you're not gonna get no wow. attention in the fucking sprinter. I'm saying, you know, I'm the del- I'm the weird Delica guy. Like, I'll, I'm sure I'll get some attention, but I'm not gonna get like cooking meth in an RV attention. Cooking oh, meth. Like white. Dad. Oh, okay. Now, that now, now, now every, everybody with an RV is instantly a meth cooker. And I'll probably throw like a pipes and fittings decal up on the side of my sprinter, and then it's just a work (laughs) van, you know? Okay. (laughs) Y'all funny, man. Let's get to this part, bro. All right, bro. These Delicas, this is a whole culture. I'm finna be going down the pipeline, finding out that it rivals uh, Jeep Wrangler. Absolutely. (laughs) No, they're they're, they're tires on this shit. Look. Yeah, no, that's the lifted kids, but I but I love these things. They look like anime cars. Keep in mind, like Crusher Jones comes from the reference to the the classic anime Crusher Joe. That's the era that I fell in love with anime with, and these are those kinds of designs from that time period. So you got your lead in. We got our lead into this anime conversation. Stick, stick an AMG engine in there and then not drive it because I don't have the money for the pistons, but <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely don't do that. <laughs> just, just driving into they blow. That's all you got to do. Uh, so leading into the conversation, well, first I fucked up, y'all. Supernovas, I'm sorry. I definitely didn't shout out the patrons. Uh, I we remember I did. Really appreciate the patrons. We've had a surge in patrons, and we've gotten uh three new patrons in the past month. So definitely appreciate everybody that's coming on board. Um, we love y'all, bro. At the time of this recording, I've already stated all the patrons that we have that are new on another recording. So I'm not going to redo that here. I'm just going to say thank you to you guys again. Without you guys. Um, a part of the Worst Gen Alliance, we definitely wouldn't be able to do this podcast and continue to put it on. Uh, it goes a long way to helping us pay for the hosting fees for the website and, you know, just get, get shit done and get it out there. So thank you. We appreciate y'all. Um, more Anime After Darks are coming. More Lost Tapes are coming. More Toxic Boys are coming. And um, hopefully we'll have video soon. We're working on that. We just keep failing at that. But it's coming. Don't worry. <clears throat> All right. Back to the conversation. I got a yay or nay. Oh, shit. Wait a minute. Is. I was on the timeline today, and it was getting real gatekeepy this morning. Oh, and real oppie outside? Real oppie out mm-hmm. there. And one of the comments that someone made um, about why this person shouldn't be an anime fan is because the person was from some some ass-fuck rural backwater town, and it was like, y'all, it was like y'all didn't even have anime out there to even appreciate anime. Like I appreciate anime, so you're a new wow. fan. So my yay or nay is that if you if you weren't from like a main city and had exposure to tsunami and all those things, are you less of an anime fan than someone that had more access than you? So you saying can I can you be an anime fan without having cable? Like if you didn't have if you didn't have tsunami and cable and like instant access yeah basically if you didn't have instant access to all the anime and manga that you did and someone was from like a backwater town and maybe only had like a couple mangas and one VHS that was in like the town library or bookstore or whatever does that make them less of an anime fan than you like they can't be on your nay. level because they haven't appreciated nah. as much anime and manga nay. as you have hard no nay crusher hard no. Hard no. Yeah, I grew I grew up in I grew up in a Texas port town and had to trade VHS fan subs through the mail and got burns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I still think that like that was a formative experience for me. But I also realized that media is distributed and should be enjoyed on its own merits and not necessarily in terms of access. Like that is mad gatekeeping. Ugh. It was mad gatekeeping. Uh the person that got gatekeeps didn't respond, so I don't know what their comeback was going to be, or, you know, they were just like, I'm not going to say anything at all, but I was super bothered by that shit, because I think that's a hard note, too. Um, I think that if you, even if you only watch one series, if you know you like the aesthetic, you like the themes, you enjoyed the story, then you're a fan. Um, just because you haven't had the opportunity to have access to anything new, doesn't make you less of a fan. That would be like if you heard a Kanye or a Lupe or, you know, any musician, any artist, you experience their work for the first time ever. And then, you know, like you fall in love with it and someone tells you like, well, you really don't love it because you haven't seen all of it. So you can't, you can't appreciate the true value of it. You just think you, it don't even really sound like that's the take. Like it sounds like it was a really just a super misinformed, like shitty ass take to say, well, you can't be an anime fan because you didn't grow up with cable. <laughs> so I don't know how you saw anime, but I know if you didn't have cable, you didn't see what I saw when I saw it. So that's kind of, it's, it's, that's what it sounds like. If that's not what they're saying, then 
I really just don't know what the fuck they're saying. Even that seems like something that's easy to topple, so to speak, because somebody else can lean in and say, like, man, I had the Laserdisc in 1985. Did you have Laserdisc in 1985? <laughs> and somebody else would come out there and be like, I was living in Japan in 1983. Were you doing that? And then somebody, like, that just goes further down the rabbit hole. That's more about that person than it is any kind of legitimate relationship somebody exactly. has with media. Exactly. That's why I'm like, so are we saying that you can't be an anime fan because you haven't seen as many as much anime as I have? Because if that's the take, yes, that's still gatekeepy, but that's a, a it's a much different take than you didn't you didn't have cable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't have cable now, but I see anime. You know what I mean? Yeah, now you guys said that I, I kind of do see where y'all coming from, and maybe it was more in line with uh, like I'm superior because I have this, but then you know someone else, as Crusher just said, someone else could easily be more superior. And who I am because they had laser discs and they had, you know, they lived in Japan that was throwing them shit back in the 60s or the 70s or whatever. But that, that the whole approach to that argument has me thinking that that's something along the lines of saying, oh, well, you think you know it all, huh? And somebody putting forward another set of assumptions and then trying to relate that to the original idea just mm -hmm. to flex on somebody. Yeah, that's trash. If I could offer something to the listeners, if you get in that position, just say, can you please clarify your assumption? Because I think you're talking about two different things. Yeah, for sure. Hey, that talking about two different things is a is a common occurrence on Twitter, though. Oh, yeah. That's that's like the regular. Um, I don't know what the the academic term is for it, but you you present one argument and then someone comes to rebuttal your argument with another argument that has nothing to do with Somebody. the first argument, but yeah. it's it shares like one point, but they're not really related. And then they go like, well, you forgot about XYZ. And it's like, no, nah, because that shit wasn't, that's not my point. That didn't have nothing to do with what I'm saying. That's not my point. <laughs> right. That's <clears throat> Yeah, you right. just brought that yeah, in. You don't have to like, uh, just... leg up in the conversation. Yeah. Everyone just like putting their ideas like, hey, this, you, I heard your idea, but I'm going to tell you what I think. And now I'm going to tell you what you think. And now I'm going to tell you what I think about what you're thinking about. So it's no one's really sharing any of their ideas. They're just telling them, telling each other what their opinions are. Instead of actually understanding and trying to relate and like try to actually have a conversation and dialogue. It's really trash. It's a Twitter book. Since we're on the topics of, of, uh, of people gatekeeping and, and, and their anime fandom and how deep that shit goes, uh, Crusher, give us a little background on, you know, your fandom, nerdom, how, how you came to be, how everything relates. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I grew up in the Houston area and I was in and around some of the stuff that happened at ADV in the early to mid 90s. And definitely was around when it kind of blew up and went huge. Went to school for media production, came back, worked with some of those people in a limited capacity, moved to Japan for several years. Uh, came back to America and I started acting as the content manager for a website. When I was living in Japan, I used to act as a tour guide in Tokyo and run around and buy stuff for people there. And I did some a bunch of writing about anime. And I just basically kind of kept in the mix with it, even if it wasn't my day job. And I ended up doing a bunch of event stuff at things like AX and other huge cons for ADB. Well, pardon me, Sentai. And up to and including parking a tank in front of the... AX Convention Center. That's sort of my claim to fame in LA for a while. You drove you drove a fucking tank? I did not get to Please drive tell me a story <laughs> about this. Oh. Well we'll 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 put it we'll put a pin in it. No, I didn't get to, I I was not driving but a tank. I was, I, I'm a klutz, man. <laughs> back over some Nar back over some Naruto cosplayers, some homestuck kids and have to explain myself. Um hilarious. 
No, but that was just basically like kind of stuff I was in the mix with. And then from there, I started thinking about what I want to do with myself as a, as a real grown up kid. And I got a master's degree in online communities and interactions online. I went ahead and said, like, man, I'm, I'm still kind of messing with this stuff and around media production. Why don't I go back and get a Ph.D. and figure out if I want to teach or not or write about this kind of stuff? And basically now I've been writing about space, place and interactions that people have and that always keeps kind of coming back to anime and design and architecture and planning and travel and connections and trajectories. So when you, um, I'm a, can I sum all that up as anthropology? It, it, there's an anthropological component. I, I actually work in a communication school, Okay. but those disciplines have fairly low uh, barriers between them these days. Like a lot of what I do is straight up geography in a lot of people's minds. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's like, uh, cause you're, you're, I guess you're mapping. Is it like a, like a people map of sorts? Can I call it that? Well, I'm, like try, to... I'm trying to make a relation for the fans. Like, Oh yeah. Uh... Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm okay. Well, basically what I do is I just look at how things kind of come to be through processes of exchange and communication. Okay. Yeah. So like how ideas are like, formed through like people okay. communicating online. Yeah. That's a, that's part of it. What I look at lately, I mostly look at the built environment. <laughs> like I was super into a lot of the stuff I loved in, in anime, if you look at things like Pat Labor 2 and all the kind of old school stuff is I really loved how the cityscapes and the landscapes looked. Mm -hmm. So I started spending more time thinking about that and people's relationships with them and talking about abandoned buildings. And that's kind of what brought me to what I'm working on now. And I still see a really strong tie back to a lot of aspects of filmmaking so what I basically do is just say like, hey, uh, you have a relationship with this place. Tell me about it. And then just listen to people. <laughs> so you're kind of like therapists for people who talk about stuff. <laughs> when you uh, do you see any like trends or do you see anything that kind of like sticks out to you on Twitter and on like throughout the anime community, like things that just kind of like catch your attention? Well, it's weird because there's like several different Annie Twitters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that is very, very true. <laughs> that is I didn't notice. I thought there's only one. And no, I mean, well, there's... Uh, maybe you might be only in one. I'm in two for sure. I'm in two for sure. So it's separated by like you know the anime. A lot of times by fandom. So like, there's a One Piece Annie Twitter where it's just a lot of people like people that like mm -hmm. fan out about One Piece and One Piece theories and. All that shit. Not that's to say mean. that those people don't also read or watch other things, right. but yeah. that's what they come to Twitter to talk about. Exactly. Like all of their avies are one piece related, all of their names are one piece related, all of their content is one piece related, tweets is one piece related, yada yada yada. I imagine that that exists for other anime, other popular anime. Um, I don't know if it's to the degree that One Piece is in, but I imagine that that exists. I know it's a JoJo Twitter. I'm a part of that Twitter as well. Uh, and then this podcast, podcast space, any Twitter. It's Which is like creators, like we we watch, read some of everything, we talk about some of everything on the timeline, but we also talk about like our podcast and those episodes. So like conversations vary a lot. Then you exactly. got uh you've got uh one I've discovered recently is like the uh I'm calling it the female and the Twitter for lack of a better phrase, but like yeah, over there it's a lot of dramas, it's a lot of shoujo Jose. Um, it's a lot of talk about. I see a lot of cosplaying over there too, mm -hmm. and I've really 
grown to like Ooh, that the cosplay Twitter, Twitter is fire, bro. Cosplay Twitter is definitely Wait, wait, wait. I just saw cosplay the other day. I don't know if you know the the um the person from One One Punch Man, the one who has you know the demonic you know looking with the whole uh, spandex. I just seen someone cosplay her, and I have to tell you. Uh, oh fire. yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. With fire, the whip, bro. shorty with the whip. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sure, sure, yes, the one with the whip. Oh, bro. Shit, and she was thick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Go ahead, DB. This man, man Rome is a fucking deviant. And the silent Crusher Jones sits in the background. <laughs> hey, man. Not it. <laughs> oh, not it. Crusher <laughs> had to do with that, man. Rome is a deviant. <laughs> Uh yeah, the, the cosplay has really like drawn me into that side of Twitter, and through that, I found a lot of conversations on manga and anime that I probably wouldn't have got into if not for me being on that side of Twitter. Unfortunately, I don't see many other males over there, uh, so that's why I call it like the female. Yeah, I don't see. Twitter. I've met one like comfortable male cosplayer besides like the people you meet at cons um, that did like a Dante cosplay. I seen him on, I, I got introduced to him on Facebook and then follow his IG. I still don't know if this man has a Twitter. But that's it. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I'm trying to branch out and find more males over there so it can just be cosplay and a Twitter. But I've just grouped all that the female and a Twitter because the conversations that aren't cosplay have actually become really, like, interesting to me. And I've been over there for that, too. And then there's, like, YouTube and a Twitter where it's just all YouTubers and shit. I found that through uh, Getting the Mecca podcast and... Uh, um, other videos. So, so I have a question. Like, so up? how do you like find your way into these anime, you know, communities? Like, do you just follow certain people? Or you just like, you yeah, know, yeah just, regulate you know, your timeline. Check out this topic. Regulate your yeah. timeline. I have to do that because my timeline is kind of all over the place. It's kind of it's kind of got a little bit of everything to be honest. So I'm seeing everything, but it's also not like you know in one like you know mass amount. So it's like I'm seeing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I'm like you know all over the place. I might have to. You you find you find yourself going down rabbit holes a lot, especially on a site like Twitter. So like, uh, Crusher talked about how you know interactions with people will take you to different spaces. Like for instance, if I go to Crusher's page, Crusher may have retweeted, you know, something from another space on Twitter that I probably would have never gone if I hadn't went to his page. And then I click on that, I find myself on this other person's page, and I'm in a whole new part of Twitter, like scrolling their timeline and just finding new people, new tweets. Um, being exposed to things I never would have seen. So you kind of got to explore a little bit, but everyone's a part of their own thing. Like there's pretty much, it's rare that you find someone on Twitter that's only a part of the one community that you know them through. They do other stuff. They like other tweets. So, I mean, just look at their stuff and see where it takes you sometimes. For sure. That's, I I can definitely relate to that. That's probably one Thing I do, I tend to dive down is like the art community. I tend to like go through those type of Twitter people a lot. So I'm always like, you know, find new type of artists and inspiration. So maybe I need to do it for anime. I'm not really as, you know, adept as just, I don't know who to follow. I feel like if I follow wrong, the wrong person, they might send me some tweets, some very weird stuff, and I'm not really a fan of that. So I'm going to have to see. But definitely definitely got to regulate. So, so to go back to the uh, combo, Crusher, you brought up the. the the conventions uh like ax and, and other conventions that you you know park tanks for valet park tanks uh, <laughs> leak had proposed a 
question that, you know, how did that, how did those experiences kind of change your outlook on the communities? Like, what was that like for you overall? Besides just parking tanks. Okay. Before I begin, begin, I just want to point out you're cutting out a lot. Yeah, so. It's back really? to doing what it was doing. Yeah. It was, it got better, but then now it's back to doing what it was doing. Go ahead, question. All right. Well, to clarify, asking about the nature of what I discovered through working at conventions or how I came to work at conventions. Um, I'll just cover both. Basically, I had longstanding relationships with people in and around companies that were working and companies that were putting out and producing stuff at places like you know, Animation, uh, Animation Expo, et cetera, et cetera, Oticon, the whole bit. And so when they started getting more and more into really cool experiential marketing experiences. And I got a call one day when I was actually doing the social media for this place in Hollywood. And my buddy working there, Lance had said, Hey, do you want to help park a tank in front of <laughs> anime expo? Can you help find a tank? And I was sitting there going like, this is the perfect email. I'm so glad <laughs> I made friends with this guy like 15 years ago. Um, and so basically he, he, I kind of became sort of boots on the ground to help out with that. And I will say that like, his team was on it full time. I was kind of working remotely and uh, connecting X and Y and Z, but it was a really cool thing to do. And eventually it just got like, I woke up and there's like footage of them driving a tank over to park it in front of animation expo. And it was a girls in Panzer event. I don't know if you're familiar with the anime. It's actually quite good. I was surprised. I was like, Oh, this would be fun. But I just, then I spent several days kind of hanging out and taking pictures and passing out thousands upon thousands of buttons and pieces of promotional material and doing kind of various events, both in and outside of the convention center. And that happened for a few years here and there. And I still really do love events and working in around them, but that's kind of how that came to be the long and short of it, you know, minus 9 million painful negotiations with vendors and chasing down money and being so tired that you can barely stand, et cetera, et cetera. To the other part of your question, what I learned from it, I learned to, I learned a, a lot about myself, what I can do, what I can't do. I learned how to be a little bit more outgoing. I learned how to perform. With the money right think I'm, I naturally <laughs> think I'm a quiet person. <laughs> that was golden. That was golden, GB. I, I couldn't pass it up, G. I couldn't pass it up. But go ahead, crush it. Go ahead. Well, the worst part was I was actually yammering about, so I didn't catch it. So now I'm afraid to ask. No, so, so. It's a, there's an artist <laughs> called Rimble. Um, he raps as if he's like rapping in Times New Roman. Mm. And uh, one of his like best songs, uh, he starts the song off with, uh, will he perform when the money's right in front of him? So anytime people says people say, excuse me, uh, perform, then we typically yeah. follow that up with that. Well, no, I'll go. I'll go look that up. But no, seriously, it was one of those things. Like, I'm not a super, super outgoing person. I'm working to talk now. Right. It's difficult. I can relate. And learning how to organize my thoughts. Very much so. You're trying to learn how to organize your thoughts, relate to people. For mm -hmm. me, the trick was talk just enough so that other people are interested and they start talking to you, and then I can go back to my strength, which is listen. Hey, that's but key. I learned how to do that. That's key. But that's just what what taught me how to do that. And it's like, hey, we're selling this thing. How are you doing? And also, I've learned that when you, and this is what's good for Twitter. I don't really get in Twitter fights, except for the one where uh, a massive star blocked me a while back. <laughs> oh, but, for real? Oh, you got to tell us about that one. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. Like they were verified. It's okay. <laughs> it. Uh, look at the timeline. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. One but, story I actually got retweeted by a verified just the other day. I feel popular now. Not, no, no, I'm official. Go ahead, crush it. Get verified, huh? Um, <laughs> no, no, but seriously, I wanted to put it back in. I learned how to like once you acknowledge this thing on, and it's very good for Twitter. Like when somebody's coming at you and they're making a show of it, you find out that they're they're performing. Like they're putting on, they're putting it out there for people to follow them and just kind of like dunk on you. And you just ask them, like, again, same thing with the arguments. What exactly are you talking about, and why are you roping me into it? Because I'll have a discussion with you, but if you're just dunking on me for your friends, I got nothing for you. And which which percentage of 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 life in situations like that do you feel is performative? Like, if you have to put a percentage on, you think it's like eighty percent the people are just performing when they in like spaces on the public stage or elsewhere i kind of think to agree there's an entire field of this my friends in um called performance studies and basically argues that most self-presentation in a lot of ways is indeed a performance and i was like okay that's cool but it doesn't mean it's false per se but but what i learned from this experience from those experiences of working these big events and having to talk to thousands of people for 12 hours a day was i could separate I can kind of create a persona and, and separate myself from it. And, but also like kind of go back and be able to be like, Hey, are you good? Cause I know she said something there and I'm, I don't, I don't want there to be any disrespect. I just let me acknowledge you as a person. And we're so used to dealing with persona and persona. I that actually having a real conversation. Sometimes people be like, Oh, this person's talking to me like a human being. Oh, okay. And that was a good thing. That, that was a good thing to learn. I think I wish I'd learned it earlier. Hmm. Um, I don't know who it was. That's the that's the famous person that said it, but I know I saw it on a quote or something somewhere. And he said the person said like it's exhausting being this person or being in character when they were out. And so um, mm. that was something that I thought about that you know when you when you're famous like that and you go out like you do have to put on a character and you can't be who you are sometimes. And with the conventions. Uh, I think it's cool that you learn how to how to talk and kind of interact with people because like um, that plays directly into what you do now in a way. Mm-hmm. And like it's funny to me, even though because I'm coming up on my midlife crisis too in a couple of years, so it's uh, funny. You're already there if you're saying you're coming up on it. Yeah, come on, well, come I'm on, buy a Delica just... with me, man. We go in the wo- <laughs> we go in the mountains and hang out and camp and. No, nah, if you if you let if you let the people around me tell it, I'm already there because I'm old. But I don't really feel that old at heart. So like I I make the play on myself that I'm coming up with my midlife crisis. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what that's gonna look like for me because I already I already brought a motorcycle. So I don't know what other like midlife out there shit I'm supposed to do. But I know it's coming. Uh, lifted maybe like Delica. I, lifted Delica. That's not my style. Looking at those pictures, but I will <laughs> do like a lifted sprinter. I've seen those with the off road tires on it. And they look just as ridiculous to me. Um, but uh, it's funny how, like, in life, so often there are things that you did and maybe you don't realize the impact when you're going through that moment. Um, but then you do something later in your life and those experiences and those moments that you have tie directly into it. And it's funny how, like, all roads can lead into a current point, even if you felt like that road was invalid in the past. Um, mm-hmm. That's always interesting to me. So 
like you you did these conventions and everything uh did you feel did you feel like your fandom was blossoming like you felt like you was going to a new level did you did you feel like uh you were deeper in this or did you just feel like mm. you know no I'm, it's a I'm good doing question. conventions well, it's a good question because to a certain degree, my fandom in the, the hardcore sense is gone from like really trying to know everything and, and write about everything and be engaged with it. I, I made a living writing about Japanese animation for a while. And it has gone from that to being basically like, there's some things I appreciate, I'll check out. I'd like to learn more about some other things. Oh, here's something I learned new about this old thing that I liked. I feel like this stuff got to the point where I wanted it to be when I was a kid as far as things like you know we discussed accessibility getting the stuff in your hands being able to see it and now i feel like that's such a great victory that i'm not i'm like i'm interested in what you're into like tell me about your stuff when i was working in it though you have to have a degree of critical distance and professional distance because if not like oh please don't put me in a room full of like old school laser discs and expect me to get my job done yeah i i feel like uh you know, having having proper resources and stuff is is not something that our industry and our community is known for. <laughs> Overall, making sure that um, whether people have like up to date tools and technology, or mm -hmm. in the case of most of like the animators and the writers that exist, like that they get proper payment and a living wage. God, a living wage yeah, for that's the terrible. I want to ask you about. Well, it's, now's it's, the time. Japanese yeah, you, Japanese studios need to unionize, and uh, that's one of the true. I mean, there's nothing good about the Kyoto Animation Fire, but one of the true tragedies of it is how wonderful they treat their employees by comparison to a lot of studios and a lot of people that work as subcontractors in animation. It's real hard out there. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Since you said you worked on writing anime for a while, like when you were oh, doing no. that. I wrote, I wrote, okay, to be clear, I wrote about Japanese animation, but I didn't oh, work okay, in places okay. that were fun. I did work in some places that really like, took funding or were funded by studios for the sake of disclosure. Um, okay. Well, still, like, being that close to it, like, because we, we hear now how underpaid animators and writers are. So, like, I can only imagine back then how bad it was. So, can you, do you have, like, an idea of how much it's gotten better or if it's improved at all? I need to look up some resources to offer you because I have not been following it actively, but I'll just put it this way. This is my pet theory. And this is, is, is I, the point is I don't know enough to say about this, but my pet theory is that like, I don't see as much uh, mecha animation that's hand drawn because people who can get to that level of skill with mechanic, like $7,000 a year, or make less than I work make working at a Japanese Seven Eleven to draw this stuff for you, and that's always been my own personal pet theory that I've never tested in any way, shape, or form. It's just always like maybe that's why. But I don't think that I I think the circumstances have to be improved for people across the board with regard to getting paid for their creative work, and I mean all the way across the board. And I include that, and I include Japanese animation in that. I include filmmaking in that. There's the there's the union strikes that are happening now with IATSE in California. That's all stuff that like people have to get their proppers. Yeah, something like 90, 98% of them or something voted yes for that strike, correct? It, it, it has a groundswell of support for a reason. It's, it's, it's stuff where people ask that people work long, hard hours. You know, it is, they just get drained. And it's like, well, it's, you know, it's your passion. And it's like, yeah, but it's also something I work at. 
So the most bullshit story that I saw out of that whole development was uh one of the uh they didn't list what series it was, but one of the unscripted reality series. Um, they forced the workers to commit to a nine month or a ten month contract so that they could they couldn't take any other jobs or like, you know, do any other work and if they this is supposed to be like a high profile unscripted show. So they couldn't do any other work and if they had work that was ongoing, they had to like remove themselves from those sets. And so to have the opportunity to be on this set, the people did. Um, the wage was like comparable to any other show, but the opportunity was there. So the people took the contract and then, um, but of course the company had like an out clause and something like two and a half months into the contract, they came and said that, oh, we don't need everybody. And so they just got rid of 60% of the force. And so now all these people are out. They had already given up all their other like um, book gigs and jobs that they had upcoming and like, kind of broke ties some of it had even broken ties with the other studios on short notice so you know now they got bad blood they burned some bridges and they're just out here in the world down bad so that that was one of the, the worst stories that i think i read in the past couple of days as people were talking about why the strike is necessary and that shit was horrible to hear yeah it's demanding it's a lot and i think that with some like japanese animation where there's more and more series all the time i mean it's just an embarrassment of riches that People need to consider the people making it and people need to consider the conditions of how these things we love came to be and how to make sure that they persist and how more generations get more of them, but also more people get intrigued by it and find it rewarding to do because you can only make like $12,000 a year for so long unless you've got some real resources to work on something you're passionate about when you've got other opportunities and you've got other skills. You think you really think union um, union unionization is the best answer for them absolutely yeah yeah 100 uh i i, I want to see how that plays out i would like to see them make more wages um i don't know what the right answer is sometimes i feel like uh even when people say like you know make sure you buy the manga or you know pay for the app or whatever you know they throw at you i'm just like i don't even see how how this money adds up um, even if we all buy the manga and pay for the app, I'm not seeing how this money even adds up to be able to pay these animators what they deserve and, you know, still be able to put out the content that they put out. Because, like, in these seasonal series, uh, which is an episode we're going to talk about, you know, in the coming weeks, in these seasonal series, like, the, the quality and standard of work that we get from these studios right now is ridiculous. The the portfolios that they're putting together is crazy that they that they do this, like, back to back to back. Yeah, and uh, you got to think about the investment. It, it, always think about what happened to get the people that you love in terms of creative output and work. Think about the work that went in to get them to the point where they could actually produce it for you. All that long unpaid labor of learning how to do X or Y so that you can eventually get paid to do X or Y. Like, you have to factor that in there. It's it's the same thing. You know, people, I don't view school as, a, as an end. I don't view the end result of school always to be jobs. That may make me unpopular in some sense, but I that's kind of different from how I view it. Mm -hmm. But I will acknowledge the fact that, like, yeah, the people I'm working is with definitely dead. A lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> the end result of school is definitely dead. It is 100% dead. Dead and uh, probably like a feeling of helplessness for yeah. most people when they first get out of school. Facts is the is what I normally hear. Like, man, I don't know what to do, man. Our guidance counselor disappeared two years ago, so I, I've been winging it since then, bro. Basically. 
Yeah, so I, I try to teach people about what I call modeling. Uh, looking at people who you think, like, I'm, I'm interested in what this person does. How did they get there? And that'll make you that'll make you start connecting people real fast because you learn like no matter how good you are, if you're an unknown entity, it's not going to do you any favors mm -hmm. at all. Um, so speaking of the uh, back to the to the to the animators and the illustrators and everything, um, well, just the industry as a whole. One thing we've seen over these past years is like it's really it's really getting out there like the the fandom is becoming more and more diverse uh i'm seeing people from all walks of life that are enjoying anime and manga these days um which is another reason why it's been hard on these illustrators and these animators because since the demand is up you know they got to work a non-stop pumping out more and more series more and more anime uh and it's been great for us as fans that have been around for a while and especially great for the new fans it's terrible on them, but for the diversity aspect of it, uh, how has it felt for you kind of watching like fandom evolve and grow and, and bloom outwards? Um, cause you're ahead of us and, you know, in, in time and years, and you've got to watch this, this whole thing unfold a little bit longer than us. Okay. So can I, can I reinterpret your question or attempt to reinterpret your question? If that's cool. Knock yourself out. Are you talking about the changes in fandom that I've seen as far as like stateside fandom and groups of people getting into the stuff and how fandoms varied over time and it changed over time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely gotten younger um, as you all make fun of me for taking my Geritol and my fish oil. Uh, it's definitely gotten younger. It's definitely gotten more diverse in terms of people's backgrounds, where they're where they're coming from, both physically and emotionally and mentally. It's different in terms of race, class, and gender, different in terms of older and younger. And also a lot of the people, like there are a lot of people who were hanging around in places in California. Like when I was there, I was going to a lot of events for work and whatnot. And there was tons of people who just would come out and be like, oh, this is what I do. I just hang out these things. I'm like, well, what anime do you watch? And they're like, I don't really watch anime. That's absurd to me, considering like the weird kind of you have to seek this out super underground nature of the stuff when I when I started out. So that's wild to me, but it's also a part of me is like, good, I'm glad this can be here for you. So yeah. long and short, it's just basically exploded all the way across the board. And that's when you get in the same conversations of like, oh, you're not a real anime fan if or not. I'm like, forget the real anime fan thing, because just acknowledge that the other person is here and you're here and you could have a wonderful time hanging out with one another. Yeah, it is a little and wear a mask. A wear a mask. It is Please. a little different. Um, I do find people, and I find myself feeling this way. Um, and I have to check myself. So mm -hmm. you know, I'm I am old enough to remember. I there was only one bookshop. I had to catch like multiple buses to get there. It was it was a trek to get to the bookshop that um, before Borders popped up on 95th. But like it was a trek to get over there, and they would have like VHS and tapes, but like. That was about it. It was very limited. And then when Borders popped up, they had some manga and I could go there. But um, with that, that was still a limited collection. Like it was it was literally like probably like three shelves at Borders. And they would replace stuff when, you know, when they sold things. If they saw the Dragon Ball, you'd find a different series in the place of Dragon Ball until they got more Dragon Ball, things like that. So sometimes when I find people taking it for granted or they seem to really not give a fuck about the culture or the industry or anything and they're just here because it looks cool that's a little weird to me and i find myself like having feelings of like fuck you bro like why are you here posing uh 
what glove you saying? You're a phony. He got that from. Uh, You're a big guy. fat phony. Phony. This guy's a phony. This guy's a phony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that shit. Um, like I have those feelings. Yeah. And, and they're they're deep. And then I have to check myself and be like, yeah, but what you gonna do? You gonna fight everybody that's like that? And so, like, part of me is kind of salty that it's mainstream sometimes. A small part of me. But I, I, from my side of it, I, I get that. From my side of it, I wanted that so much so that people didn't have to take the long drives and they didn't have to, you know, get you know, it was such a secret club culture for so long. And people were weird about it. And people were people were outright, in my mind, abusive. I'm not I'm not dr- making that dramatic at all. Like there were people who were assholes way back when in this stuff. And I'll, now you can just circumvent them. And that's awesome. And it's all available. But there are moments where you're just like, you know, I I really do care about this thing that you kind of completely don't seem to acknowledge as something that I had to work to like. That feeling does happen. But I think that's part of being human. But it it is something where it's like the more and more people get into it, the less and less special it can seem. But then you guys Mm -hmm. spend some time thinking about your own connection to this stuff. Like, I still get excited when I hear the Macross theme song. Still. Yeah. Y'all ain't watched that, have you? That's why, that's why, that's why I completely, the sound of silence. Oh, I didn't watch that, but but you spitting like, I I didn't watch that, but you definitely spitting, bro. For sure. Oh, definitely. I I was on mute. I was trying to say, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't heard that theme song, but that's like, there are theme songs. I can relate to the feeling. There are theme Mm -hmm. songs that still get me excited to this day. I still get when I hear when I hear it. This is the North Star head. opening, man. I've actually Fist never seen Star. that. Oh, I started watching oh. that a little bit. I saw some of it. Sorry, I'm a JoJo guy. I went, I'm, I went the JoJo route, bro. Sorry. I just will say that you cannot. It's a lot of fun. I don't have to either or or one does not have to get erased. But <laughs> I will say you will you will have a lot of you'll have a lot of fun watching that show if you were into Mad Max and Bruce Lee. Ooh. Um, I was I was attention with the Bruce Lee now. I was definitely into Mad Max and Bruce Lee. Um, now that now that anime and manga is mainstream, it's funny because like we see it heavy in pop culture. Uh, but anime and manga, since you know, gloves brought up JoJo. Um, JoJo and other such titles have have been influenced in fashion, have influenced uh, radio and many other artistic endeavors for years. But like, yeah, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> people didn't even know; they didn't even realize that like these artists and these designers and the other the other mediums of entertainment that they enjoy are have been directly influenced by anime. And um, that part has always been like an underground influence in the mainstream and so it's funny to see it on the other side of the fence now where it is a mainstream thing because uh, you know I'm, I'm just now getting to learn about how things work behind the scenes and, and kind of figure that out so I missed out on that whole like 90s early 2000s experience because I, I wasn't behind the scenes I wasn't hip to anything that was happening in the background I just knew I enjoy anime and manga and I was reading and watching and that was like that was enough for young me one thing that's, that's cool about this is you're talking about the influence of it. Like, here's the thing you couldn't do 15 years ago that you can do now. Walk into a hair salon, walk into a shop, and say, cut my hair like an anime character. Let me get that, let me get that Vegeta, bro. 
Don't even trip. Bro, if anybody come in and ask for that Vegeta, bro, it's over for them. Because one, one, don't... One, if you less, if you if you over the age of twenty six, you're lying and done for. If they Super line you up about Vegeta, you you never recover from that, you bro. Know, and I've then definitely seen someone with a Vegeta haircut, and it was definitely a black um a little black boy, and he had it, and he had the afro, so it kind of made sense. His mom, you know, put the afro down, had it all worked out, and he was like, that definitely it works. And it's funny, you know, how the influence of that will ne- that will never make sense. Uh, yo, it me. worked, yo. I'm telling you, the afro and the whole hair, it just it looked like a Vegeta. He, did he put a wig on, or right. he let someone? No, it wasn't a wig. Because he, no, he just had he just he had an afro. So like you know when you have black hair, you know an afro, you can like you know move it around and use certain sheen or whatever, just like you make it stay in place. So she like twisted it in certain areas, so like it looked like it was spiked up and everything. Because I've done to my hair a few times, you know, like you know with a twist with a roller. Gel, I'm more so concerned like, you know, about the lining than I am the fro. Is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what that's why um, I'm with it. But see the lining. To Crush's point, yes, you can walk in and ask for the Vegeta, and they would know what the Vegeta is. But if you walk out the shop with the Vegeta, you still getting fried. Like if you went, <laughs> no, you yeah. went and got an anime cut back, still getting cooked. You gonna have to because now you walking around with this Vegeta lining. I know your forehead ain't tanned in all the places, so you looking like a like some Mickey D arches on the forehead. It's just not gonna work out with you. It's not. It's an ill-advised move. To go get the but, but do you understand? But do you understand what I'm saying? He's like, sure. you, they would understand the cultural reference. Lee, Lee going to the barbershop and asks for that Almine all day. And by the way, wow, how come you picked one haircut specifically to focus on? Is and it's somebody who has a slight widow's peak, which I think is making me look charming slight? in my oh, advanced age. I, 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 I thought you was. I thought you was talking about Vegeta. Yeah, Vegeta was slight. I was like, slight. What? No, 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 I'm going to that. No, I'm saying I, me, I'm saying I have a slight widow's peak. I do not look like Vegeta. But I'm just saying, I happen to I happen to think it makes him look charming and diplomatic. Mm. But but no, people can under you could walk around and say like the style of this stuff and the influence you could see it reflected in culture all the time now. Like I saw a Itasha, is that it? The, Itachi? Uh, Itachi, Itachi. No, no, um, Itasha. The the cars that are like painted oh. that look like kind of wild with the anime characters. Oh, on them. the rap. I saw one of, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The raps. Yeah, yeah. I saw one of those parked in front of my. I saw one of those parked in front of my old workplace at the oldest public university in America, and I was just like, "I we won. We, the nerds won. Here we are." Fair enough. We definitely with that. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't believe. I, I didn't believe any of those people actually drove those cars, but it was nice that they exist. And then we hopped out on the road, and they was on the road. So. <laughs> I still didn't see any of that. I've, I've you, actually sold my car too. <laughs> Really in the car. Look, I, sold, I sold y'all on Delicas. Let me sell you on these. Oh no, we seen them. We definitely seen them. So definitely so um them. we went to DreamCon in Dallas in uh July and mm-hmm. they had the car show and they just had multiples. They had them wrapped with every little different thing, and then the guys had tricked out underneath the hood, guys and girls, because I saw one of the one of the girls had a car too. Um they tricked out underneath the hood, they tricked out inside the car. Um, and, you know, just added other special effects on the tires and stuff. They all looked really cool. And um, we were we were saying, or, or Glove Sensei kept saying that there's no way that they're driving these cars. Like, there's no way that they're taking these pieces of art out on the street and driving them. And then as we're leaving, we see um, two of them in traffic. 
just driving around. So I'm like, these are just regular people that's driving these cars. And I'm so, yeah. um, I, I don't think it would be my main driver because I, I would hate to wear it out, but it would definitely be the toy that sits in the garage. And every once yeah, in a while, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, dri- I'm not driving that for real. <laughs> I can't drive that no Because you bump into my car like, and mess the paint up on that joint, I'm really like, I'm suing you. Yeah, I'm getting out like, bro, this is a custom fucking paint exactly, job. Older, exactly. Our hand himself. What is you doing? Exactly. Older had to sign this. I got Older. the K-On girls all on the side of this. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like what's popping, bro? Now we got to fight. I got it. I don't even want your insurance. Call your hospital insurance because that's where you're going. Um, Our, yeah. Harahisu, Harahui Suzumiya is here. Your car is there. <laughs> yeah. Here's a little sign for you in the chat, by the way. I just found this. Uh-oh. Let's see. There's going to be another one of these delicates. Uh, that's the tanky part? Yup. Fire. That is fire. <laughs> fire. That was, so, that was that is, so that much fun. definitely the red square tank. They couldn't have had me up in there. I would have been in there and, and do air like, hey, bro, you got to let me, you got to let me whip this around a little bit, bro. I got to do the pedals. Got to do the pedals. <laughs> Just left this right, right? <laughs> At least let me swing. Let me let me swing the cannon around a little bit. Let me do a full three sixty. Swing the cannon. Okay, I did not. I did not confirm this. I didn't get to confirm this, but apparently I was told that on the contract there was a line that says, "And please promise not to use this to run over Funimation's booth." Funny as hell. <laughs> Funimation was worried about. It? No, they, uh, the people who signed, uh, the people who uh, provided the contract for them to park out front and everything, um, it's apparently, I haven't confirmed this, but I was told, and it may have been a joke by my friend saying, there was a line on the contract saying, please promise to not run over Funimation's booth with this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't run over any booths, don't run over anybody, <laughs> but... I probably would. I probably would have to run some. It's a tank. Like I can't imagine being in a tank and not getting a chance to run over anything. Because like, like a curb is not enough. Truck. A curb is not enough. No, <laughs> that's funny, man. So you had to run over like a car or something, definitely. Or like a fire hydrant. Mm. Um, definitely got to be a car, bro. Fair enough. So I do. I do want to get because. Uh, Glove, you got some rapid fire questions? Uh, actually, don't. Sorry. Okay, cool. So before, I do want to try to keep the time because we told you an hour and a half. I do want to talk to you, Crusher, about Shonen. So word on the street is you don't fuck with the Shonen anymore. Uh oh. Well, then again, I showed up to here and I brought Fist of the North Star and I got curved. <laughs> no, don't get curved. We just didn't see it. I know exactly what it is. Like I'm familiar yeah, with the yeah. anime. I'm familiar with the anime. I just didn't watch it. No, we're just cutting edge anime fans. We just don't know the thing you were talking about. See, see? I'm <laughs> familiar with it. I just didn't that, watch it. That, no, that inventing a bad, that, yeah, that inventing a bad argument thing. Yeah. yeah, yes, thank you. You got it. Um, yeah, no, I was trying to, I was trying to take a playbook out of that, that for crappy sure, argument for tool. Sure. Yeah. Definitely, definitely the gatekeeping convo has come full circle. Um, I am familiar with Fist of the North Star. I just haven't watched it yet. I need to get around to it. I suck at getting the older anime sometimes. Like I just uh really got around to like Go Go 13 and, and other ones like that. Mm-hmm. And um 
I'm not gonna lie, sometimes it's hard for me to watch older anime just the the animations just don't be there. So I normally pick up a manga instead if it's older. Mm. To be to be true. Same yeah, I'm yeah, spoiled. but 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 to but to your line about about shonen, uh, I was saying this because like I'm trying to figure out what the new sh- the new the new hip is with shonen. Uh, and it, oh, go ahead, and it's interesting. No, it's just I'm really interested in, see- in hearing what's out because I all I hear is My Hero Academia, and I'm just like, please tell me more. Really? Uh, I think there's so I much think, more. I think publicly, publicly, if you if it's not My Hero, like publicly, both. I guess going both ways. So for the hardcores and the casuals, my hero it would would be the main talking point. For more hardcores, you're probably gonna get into like JJK territory. For more jujitsu kaizen, for more casuals, mm-hmm. you're gonna get into Demon Slayer tar- ter- 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 territory. But if we're talking just both holistically, I would think that my hero is more of a talking point. For like most popular shonen right now, um, but yeah, somehow Black Clover hangs out in that conversation too. For real, because people are constantly trying to make a like force a big three, um, when you know that type of stuff can't exist anymore. Uh, and then if you if you if you want to talk, uh, they're popular, but they still kind of sit on that line between being you know. Um, mass adoption popular in like niche audience uh like your dr stones your fire force like those are popular shonens but they haven't quite like everyone's not on board of those boats yeah somehow my my hero just sits at the top and everybody's on board of that one yeah um but i really don't even participate with the fandom because they're the worst (laughs) they're the worst fandom in anime right now easily Without a doubt, in my mind. But yeah, those like those are the main ones. Um, when you when you drop Shonen, did you just feel like the the genre wasn't giving you what you were looking for anymore? No, it was more a question of can I make the time commitment. I don't think I really dropped Shonen as much as I realized that. Oh man, I'm I'm I don't know if I can ever really go back home again with this as far as like watching a hundred plus episodes of something. And but uh... that's the thing is I that engagement. I found that I've missed that because I can't have discussions about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to a several sense, like if you want to go, if you want to go to show Joe, like I'm having to read Sailor Moon just because I don't have the time to rap, to write to wrap my head around watching all the episodes. But mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm trying to connect with this because I got so many great, wonderful friends who are Sailor Moon fans. They're like, no, you you need to spend some time with this. And but it's one of those things where like my cultural literacy, as I've just gotten down the rabbit hole of doing work in school and teaching and, and writing a bunch of stuff has reduced itself to the point where I was like, all right, what's up with the Shonen now? Because I don't recognize anything. So we that's one of the, the, the cool things about this episode. In the beginning of this episode, I talked about how like in life you do multiple things and they send the, they seem, seem to all come to a point when you pick up whatever main thing you're going to do years later. That same thing is kind of happening in anime right now where the transition, we, we've really moved away from long form long running anime and you know we're getting seasons like Astro Lost in Space was a 13 episode anime that's is absolutely splendid I recommend it to everybody I recommend it to everybody it just doesn't get the love and you know it is a shonen but it has a lot of uh sane elements to it it's a thinker and they 
they do a great job in 13 episodes. And then also where we moved with, you know, anime production is we moved to a more seasonal format. So instead of us having like the weekly anime where we have to watch, excuse me, we have to watch 800 episodes of an anime. Um, now you get a 20 episode season and, you know, you don't get the next season for like another year. So it's much easier to digest and keep up with series. Um but like those Astro Lost in Space type anime that are out there right now, you get like a 16 episode or a 20 episode and they're, succ- they're succinct, complete seasons. You don't have to, uh, you, you don't even care about a season two if a season two happens. It's just that beautiful. I would say sometimes like it's a kind of territory in terms of anime because there's like Shonen adjacent as some, some of them are. Like I was going to recommend um, that time I got reincarnated to Slime as one of those, you know, Shonen adjacent, but still like it's kind of like a, more of an isekai, but it's still, like, you know, gives you, like, the battle aspect, you know, the, the magical aspect, and then, you know, like, then with this, well, um, the slime, it actually has some economical aspect, where it's, like, it shows, like, you know, he's building a town, he's building, like, you know, an environment around him, and trying to build up, you know, it's not just, like, your typical shonen, like, the power system is actually understandable, and actually makes sense, and you're not getting a lot of these regular tropes, and it's so something's different, and I think that's the one that you should definitely check out if you want to look at any different type of territory, aside from shonen, that's also showing it so it, you're calling it's called that time i was reincarnated as a slime yeah yes y'all making this shit up right no i am not no nope. yeah I, I, I said the same <laughs> shit bro there's a show there's a show called so i'm a spider so what yep what? that time i, I parked a tank in front of a convention literally center? that is literally that is, that's that's can be Isakai. <laughs> i was around uh so the sentai folks when that was a thing i'm, I'm sure in the next Five years, some of these animes are going to be paragraph names, paragraph titles, yeah. or, or compounds. That's the funny thing. Like instead of just translating, instead of just translating the the Japanese title and giving a title that makes sense in um, in English, they just like very literally just brought the title over and it's like you could you could change the name a little bit for for English speakers and you know make it what it is, like, give us something that works. Don't have me out here going, like, you know, I wear shoes on Sundays, but bets on Fridays. Like, what does that mean to me as an English speaker? I'm just, I'm just, ran, I'm just randomly looking at a, a couple old images on, a, on my own timeline, and I just saw one that I think would be a great title. When you're hanging out with your ex because you're still cool, but they say something ugly and dismissive, but you're not dating anymore, so Compound shrug. sentence, like, what the fuck? You know Yo, what I'm saying? And that's, like, exa- that's exactly what it is, though. That's perfect. <laughs> that's actually perfect. That's exactly how the titles come out, and that would be an excellent mm-hmm. romantic comedy drama, and everybody sure, gonna go crazy. Sure. All you gotta do is have... Is have the main uh the main female lead whoever whoever they are in that anime they just got to do a quirky dance and it's finna go viral it's finna be everywhere on the internet. Is that how that chica shit got started? <laughs> the chica Yo, shit was, and then the other one that's sad. out there too that they do now. Oh, a new one they do too, the right? monkey and then yeah they do the monkey the and then monkey. they go side to side and sh- yeah shorty stick her tongue out you, and they just been dubbing. What? Bro, that's Johnny that Bravo. That chica I, I, but I know what you mean. The monkey, the, yeah. Johnny, the Johnny Bravo. I, I called that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that's how that, that's how that chica shit started, bro. Wow. What's the name of the anime that that chica shit came from? Um. I don't know the name of the anime, but you can just Google like chica dance, and I'm sure it'll pop up. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah. So back to uh. Crusher, I think you should definitely check out um, some of the new shonens that have smaller, smaller seasons. Um, I definitely would say check out Astro Lost in Space. That's 
number one on your list. It's 13 episodes. It's easy to do. And, you know, you go from there. And I could throw some other recommendations your way. I got to sit down and see what the episode count looks like. Because sometimes I don't notice. I just let it run on my uh, my third monitor while I'm in the office. Oh, you, you the third monitor flex. All right. Uh, no, the... Yeah. The government, the government forced me to have it, and, and you know, I was just like, okay, I got this third monitor. I don't have anything to put on it. I would, I would have no issue with the government making me cool. Does a third? Well, I don't have a third <laughs> monitor at home. I need it at home, but you can't take government equipment home, which is like, you know, let me take this monitor home. I definitely had one. And I had to get that bitch back when I got a new job. So, <laughs> had to turn it in. This taxpayer money like, right here, bro. Definitely had to turn that bitch in. I was mad as hell. Oh, if I if I can make a, a recommendation to people who are listening, and this is a tangent, but a worthwhile one to keep to keep track of, look at state surplus sales and school surplus sales because like we are constantly moving old monitors out of the office, and then you can go buy them for like thirty dollars. State surplus sales? I'm definitely gonna pull up to one of them because I need a third monitor. Yeah, it doesn't. Just it like, doesn't even have to be high res or anything. I just need something like to like put documents and stuff on and let them sit while I'm potting. Yeah. But seriously, there's like a school, like I've, I've gotten stuff from like, just man, it, seriously a goodwill. Now, like TVs are so cheap that folks will just go ahead and put one away instead of, instead of repairing it. Or if they just think it's, they got a slightly better one. Like I've literally got a TV off the street that I keep in my storage space. That has been awesome. That's full HD. It's crazy right now. That's a flex. You got a full HD TV sitting in storage. That's the real flex, not a third monitor that your job gave you. Wow. Well, I got a bigger. I got a bigger one giving me the giving me the weird cyberpunk lighting in my room right now. So I always wanted one of those to, to to like let the lighting. Is that the one that has it? It's like behind the screen and lighting bounce off the walls and stuff. Uh, I'll show you. I'll show you an example. But I'm really into messing with light. Um. It's like my I want a hobby that wasn't cool. I made a video about okay, this. Okay, <laughs> That's a One Piece reference, by the way. I tr I will I will look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> it's one thousand episodes. I can see what is this he's talking about. I One Piece exactly what you said. You One Piece exactly what you said. You didn't want. That's that's a thousand episode uh, series. Yeah, for sure. That is fire. No, I don't. It's gas. But I dumped that I dumped that I dumped that picture in there. You can tell me that's in keeping with the keeping with the theme of that One Piece jam. But like doing that kind it's of stuff around my house phone. and like messing around with lights. Yeah, yeah. I like the mix of lights. I I just got my first uh, smart lights, mm -hmm. and I like to you know mix it up. Do one blue. Do one you know magenta as you got it here. Or do one red. Do one green so and see if it feels question. Christmas. Mm -hmm. Do these lights affect your mood at all? Like, you know, like Superman and how, like, different crystals affect them? Do these lights, you know, affect you in any way? Is there a certain reason why you put the light up? Yeah, I or like to like use... Cool uh, I, prefer, I prefer red lights, but they make... uh They kind of creep she out. Like, she feels a little, like, I'm aggressive. So, mm -hmm. I, we do... We've come to... We've come to grips on, like, this... It's a little bit more than Magenta's. has a little bit more red in it. But, um... She's let me like settle there. So we do those lights and that's become like the the like chill light. And then when I smoke, I like to put on the green light just because it feels mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Uh, and then the blue lights, blue lights make me sleepy. Those deep blue lights, they they definitely make me sleepy or extra relaxed. I don't know which one it is. Hmm. 
It's funny you mentioned the red light being aggressive. This is totally side topic. But I always notice like red lights are always in like cop cars, and I always makes me wonder do they put it in there purposely, just to make them more aggravated and more like you know edgy when they go out on the street to ride around. Could this be cruising around and see a cop car with a red light inside? I'm like, why would you have red light in there? You know, it doesn't make sense. But now well, maybe that's well, the reason why red's the end. Well, here's the thing: red's the end of red's the end of the spectrum for like human vision. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, and it's like when you get to like infrared and whatnot, I, I don't think I'm wording this the proper way. I'm sure somebody's going to nail me on it, uh, but that's how we, the, we that's, don't have those type of fans. Don't worry about it. Well, here's the thing. Like I love here. I love having discussions with people who know more about this stuff than me, but this is what I was taught in school. It's like, this is sort of the end of how far you could see in terms of intensity, this color. And so it's, it does, it does affect your mood in certain ways. Like I keep the lights on the house and I just posted some up that I actually programmed out. Uh, with some computer code, I keep the lights in around the house so I can just be like, okay, I'm done working now. I'm going into chill mode. I'm going to listen to music. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it puts me into a different headspace. Hmm. Now, we we are experimenting with that right now. Like I said, we have the smart light pub. So the secretary has set the lights up on a timer system of sort. Mm-hmm. And so right now we have a light because I'm not, I'm not a morning person, but I have to be at work at 7 a.m. So we have a light that goes off at 5 30 i think it is and it starts waking off. you up yep and it and and that one's programmed to uh it's it starts off as blue i think mm-hmm. and then it goes to a bright white like it, it transitions to bright white and by the time it's a bright white like i feel more awake and then um, we've been talking about we should set the other lights on a timer so that um we want to wind down at a certain time at night so the wind down is signaled when the color lights come on and kind of like a way to to visually program ourselves. Yeah, sleep and, hygiene. Yeah, that's that's where we're that's where we're kind of like coming to right now. We've been talking about it. We just haven't we haven't done the research to know if we're like killing ourselves or doing something good for ourselves. No, I mean you're 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 the thing is like I used to like on the website when I was writing for about animation, like people be like, Why are the mornings so hard for me? And I said, like, what do you do when you go to bed? And they said, Oh, I just watch anime until I go to sleep. And it's like you gotta start shutting down in little shifts. Like Three hours before bed, two hours before bed, one hour before bed, thirty minutes. It's it's tough, and like my biggest problem is I just like the phones are so cool right now. I will just find a YouTube video to play when I'm trying to go to sleep, Facts. and then like I want to watch another one. Mm. I want to watch another one. That's me. I see you one one fifteen in the morning. Like I need to watch another documentary about these weird German soldiers. <laughs> it's just all the kinds of dumb stuff out there. It's crazy. Uh, you know what I've been experimenting with. Uh, you got the la- you got the last point, and then I'm gonna wrap up the episode, uh, Master D. Um, I'm just gonna make a point about um, I've been experimenting with like you know, not like you know, light, but also like sounds. I don't know if you know, so, like I'm trying hearing about like you know the brown noise. Like supposed to help me like you know more common because you're talking about you know falling asleep with these certain lights. I've been experimenting with like certain like you know noises, like you know the white noise, and then now I find out it's brown noise. So I'm trying to find like you know different spectrums, like you know different hearing like frequency that we can be on that might help me to sleep better at night. I have a problem with sleeping, and I just like you pressure. Right? I'm always on my phone, always looking at something, and I never go to bed when I need to go to bed. So maybe I should try out these different lights you can see instead of your actual sound. Systems are tied into your neurological system, so they're all they're all playing in a certain way. It, it could be a question of different sensitivities, but it's one of those things. Like for me, I just like, oh, this is just like the like the anime haircut that I have. Uh, another opportunity for me to live in science fiction. So I'm okay with it. 
Uh, maybe I could program myself with a little bit of, you know, some some good anime tunes too. When those come on, it signals my brain to get up or go to sleep. It would be nice to wake up to uh, Iron Blood offers the the intro to that uh, Raise Your Flag. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd definitely have me hyped. What to about Bobby Natchua? Uh, that puts like, me to. I found out out of DreamCon. <laughs> yeah, Kasha and Poodle turned on Inuyasha. And that shit put me out like a lullaby. Like maybe like two minutes into the episode, <laughs> I was done for. And then of oh. course the the outro the outro comes on and woke me straight the fuck up. And yeah, but that's crazy. The Inuyasha still has that power over me. It puts me straight to sleep. Maybe it's got some uh, in it. But <laughs> probably. Uh, that's it. Well, that's all I have for this episode. Do any of you guys have any last questions? Or Crusher Jones, do you have any last comments you want to make before we start doing outros? Crusher Jones on YouTube. I'll be putting up some more videos soon. I've been busy with the whole teaching school pandemic navigating life thing like everybody else has. But I don't believe in forced productivity, especially with regards to talking about Japanese animation, mecha, and whatever else I like. I love that that you don't believe in forced uh, production productivity. I got I to gotta adopt that shit because sometimes I'll be forcing the fuck out my productivity. Like, I got to do this. The people need me. They need me for this content. And they don't, they don't really need that shit. Well, slow and steady. You don't have to You don't have to hurt yourself to do things. GB, you're fucking like, hilarious, dog. Oh, oh, did you catch that? I absolutely caught that shit. <laughs> you stupid, nigga. I guess I got to leave that one in the episode then since somebody caught it. Uh, yeah, but... I, I need to work on that, uh, you know, force productivity, because sometimes I will, like, force it and, and keep myself up when I shouldn't be up, and then I'm fucked up for, like, a week. So uh, that is a, a great point. Uh, Crusher Jones, everybody. Uh, that is it for this episode of Worst Generation Podcast. Supernovas and patrons, thank you once again for all your continued support. Please like, subscribe, comment, follow. Hit us on Twitter at WorstGenPod. Hit us on Instagram at WorstGenerationPodcast. Hit us on YouTube at WorstGenerationPodcast. Fuck with us. Um, until next time, we out. Bye, niggas. Arrivederci. Yeah.